by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Welcome everybody back to N17 Women. I'm Sean Wallace and today it's my turn to host so I get to listen to what everybody else has got to say but of course uh, it's not just me we've got as always our regular team here. Rachel how are you? Hi, I'm good. A bit tired from all of those games we've been going to, but happy to be chatting with you. Also, we've got Caroline. How are you? Uh, doing really good. I've just been loving this summer of soccer. <laughs> and uh, Abby, how are you? Um, you know, I've been better. I um, I drove to the airport at like 3.30 in the morning and then missed my flight because I got stuck in an hour of traffic. So uh, I'm a little bit tired, but the good news is I can stay home and rest and watch all of the games on television this weekend. So looking forward to that. Good stuff. Lots and lots of football. I think we're all, and then the football seasons just keep running because the men start at the beginning of August. So we've got no, no rest for the wicked this season. We, we talked uh, in the last pod a little bit about uh, rumours about uh, Ramona Petzelberger. Well, she's been confirmed as joining Spurs. We've seen her in her training kit with the rest of the team. How are we all feeling about that addition to the squad? I think she she looks thrilled to be with Spurs, um, if the training pictures are anything to go by. Um, you know, and I, I think it's great to have a player who's so enthusiastic about joining the club. And, you know, we have, I think all of us sort of, dug into some highlight videos and tried to learn a little more about her. And I'm feeling a lot more positive about the signing than I think I was last time we spoke. So what do y'all think? Yeah, I agree. Like you, I was looking at some videos and revisiting her statistics. And even though she only scored three goals last year, that was the joint highest goal scorer for Aston Villa. So it was just a team that wasn't scoring a lot of goals If you look at her videos as well, you see she's played in quite a variety of places and as a result, she had varying kind of impacts across different games. But I think fans were very positive about her. They were really sad to see her go, which is always a good sign. Mm -hmm. And she's, you know, she often plays as a sort of deep lying 10. She's sometimes a little bit out on the wing and she does seem to create chances relatively frequently and what I did see her do across a few games was maybe the sort of last runner into the box and then get the headed goal so it was that sort of late runs into the box maybe not the first opportunity but the follow-up that she seems to be really good at and we don't have anyone who especially does that so maybe that adds an extra opportunity. Somebody willing to get into the box is always a good thing after last season where so often there was nobody there. <laughs> nobody there. <laughs> yeah. It can't be overstated how poor Villa's attack was last year. They it wasn't just the goals, although they they did put up really, really low numbers, like one of the lowest in the WSL. It was also passes into the box and like goal creating actions and shot creating actions and all that there was just not a whole lot going on up there for them so I've revised my I was sort of lukewarm on it before mm-hmm. and I think I after watching back some some of the games that she played looking back over my match notes I am uh you know uncritically excited to see what she can do in a better team yeah another thought I had 
thinking about this was, do we think that maybe she could be a bit of a Kit Graham replacement? Because I kind of get the sense that kind of like Kit, she's she's not a very predictable player, you know, because she kind of plays all over the pitch, different roles, and, you know, is a midfielder that that can score a lot. So I feel like that could be, she could be sort of a stopgap until Kit comes back from her injury. I don't think she carries the ball like Kit does. And that was one of the things that Kit, that really stands out with Kit. But you're right about the providing a bit more variety across the whole pitch. And so therefore that level of unpredictability, perhaps, which is a positive thing. Yeah. And I think also, since she is versatile, it'll be like, maybe she can fill in some of what we got from Kit and then when Kit comes back she can serve a function elsewhere on the pitch so I think I remember saying somewhere don't remember where at the beginning of the season that while we have one or two clear holes in the team like striker winger we definitely need an out and out striker winger I just wanted us to sign as many versatile attackers as possible so in that Mm -hmm. sense she certainly fits the bill yeah I agree with that not that we've signed any of those other players, but you know, there's still time. I, I think there's still there's still stuff to come once the Euros are finished. I think that's the key point with the lots lots of players being involved in that and, and things. But that's good news. Everybody's done their homework and got themselves more excited. So that's good. <laughs> um, uh, we've all been. We just said we've all been watching a lot of football. Uh, I've been to eight games in the last two weeks in the Euros. Only one of which involved England. Two of which involved Finland. Uh, and I know, Rachel, you've been doing a lot of those as well. Have you been enjoying the atmosphere in the stadiums? Yeah, it's been fantastic. It's been such a pleasure to just join with so many people who are excited to see women's football. And the international games in some ways have almost been more fun than the England. I mean, the England games have been great. I got to go to the 8-0 game and also the um, <laughs> quarterfinal. So, so far, my England experience has been wonderful. But some of the other games have been great as well. And seeing like you, the Finnish fans who were out in full force in Milton Keynes or being in the stadium with the Spanish fans, I saw, I think, four Spain, all of the Spain games before they went out. So I got quite excited about that too. Yes. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been good. Tinny made some great saves. I mean, I think Tinny probably was the player of the tournament as far as her team were concerned. Some great saves from her. Evelina didn't didn't see as much from um, as I might have, have hoped. I think she struggled to get into the game sometimes. The second game, I thought she she played a bit better than the first, but again, difficult games for for them. I mean, the the, the only thing that I've been thinking, and I from a Spurs perspective, watching England, is um, why are you playing a, a striker at fullback when there's a striker sat waiting ready who could be playing that role better, just because that's where she plays. So I, I was really disappointed actually. You know, if if Ash doesn't go, to, that's you know that's the decision of the manager. But at least play a fullback in a fullback position. I I certainly I was watching that game and the second um, Spain scored, I was like, oh, that could have been Ash. But I think Ash would have done better probably. <laughs> I think the tackle would have happened maybe like ten yards up the pitch if it had been Ash. Yeah, exactly. I've definitely seen her get turned a few times in the box by like. I mean, players like Guru Rayton and stuff who who just have tons of jiggling ability, but I've also seen her make that tackle like way, 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 way more times than not. And I 
mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Good I know this is a, uh, a Spurs podcast, but I do feel like I should point out that the Manchester United players are really having quite a tournament. So that's kind of alarming <laughs> going into the WSL season. Yeah, I remember looking at um, looking at Manchester United's roster of attackers before the tournament because I remember reading about how how much money they're not putting into their women's team, and I was like, oh, maybe we could poach one of them. Like that that Russo looks pretty good, and now I'm like, ah, okay, that ship sailed. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and meanwhile, just- they've also we've also heard that Katie Zellum has re-signed with them, so they have mm. really shored up their team in the last weeks. Well, and they they bought Marla Tizier as well, which um, is is a shame. Um, but it's interesting though because the I, I've been chatting with a couple of Man United fans who who've been quite dismissive actually of their hopes for next season and and think really that, that their managers put together a mid-table side. So I mean, I know Man United. <laughs> I know Man United fans are a special breed, um, but <laughs> I, it's interesting. It's, I mean, it's interesting that they don't seem to have quite. I mean, I think they were very underwhelmed by Rachel Williams being signed, which is interesting considering we're all so sad to see her go. And I don't, I just don't understand that decision on her part. I know she has a relationship with the manager at Manchester United, but she's going to get less game time. I don't think she's any more likely to win a trophy there than she is at Spurs. Um, and the Man United fans have a kind of a, a bar which suggests that anybody who isn't you know playing currently playing for their national team isn't going to get any love from the fans really so I mean hopefully I'm proved wrong and they will respect her but yeah I, I, I worry about that she's made the wrong decision there. Yeah no I think they are very critical of anyone who as you said isn't playing for the national team or isn't a bright young hope so anyone who is a little bit older has been playing especially has played for teams that they consider below them those people they are yeah dismissive of in a way that's not always lovely but I think Rachel Williams I mean it's that thing isn't it I'm conflicted here I want Rachel Williams to prove them wrong but I also don't want her to score lots of goals for them so well yeah certainly not certainly not the first game of the season anyway um Well, speaking of, you know, older, more experienced players, uh, that kind of brings me to talk about the CONCACAF tournament. Um, Because I, for one thing, I just thoroughly enjoyed the tournament overall. Um, I didn't really know what to expect going into it. And I think there were a lot of teams that kind of surprised everyone with uh, how far along they are in their development. So like Jamaica, Haiti, Costa Rica, you know, they all had really strong tournaments besides, you know, the, the teams like us and Canada that you expect to play well. Um, but, you know, we had two Spurs players on the Jamaica team. And I, I think it's pretty fair to say that along with Bunny Shaw from city, um, Becky Spencer and Drew Spence were like the standouts on the team. Um, you know, Becky was getting a lot of praise uh, from, you know, non Spurs fans, Spurs fans alike for how she played in the tournament. And Drew Spence, I, this was like a great opportunity for me to kind of learn more about our new player. Cause I'll be honest, like I hadn't seen much of her at Chelsea because she wasn't getting the game time. And when we signed her, I was kind of concerned about like, you know, <laughs> is she going to be a, a 90 minute player? And I think this tournament kind of put those fears to rest. Um, Cause she definitely has the stamina left in the tank and, you know, she scored a fabulous headed goal. She assisted, <laughs> 
the uh, game winner for the third place game. So yeah, I'm really excited. And it was to see a what really nice assist. It was a really, yes. really nice assist. Beautifully threaded pass. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can't wait to see her in the Spurs side. Yeah, we may have we may have gone those kind of through balls. So long as mm-hmm. we've got somebody in the box, please. Um, are what we're, what we're looking for, you know, we do need to get somebody in the box, and that's our continuing concern, I think, at the moment. But yeah, I mean, Drew Spence scoring her first goal for Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hasn't played much for Jamaica, so this was, you know, new to her, and I think fantastic that she's doing well and you know building a relationship with Becky, even whilst then, you know, whilst the rest of the players are back at Hotspur Way, well, some of them anyway. Um, and then I think they're taking a bit of a, a breather to enjoy the sunshine, I think, and then they'll be back <laughs> at Hotspur Way. And then, of course, we've also seen Rosella in in competition as well, scoring penalties mm-hmm. as as she does. Uh, and she's got more more game time to come. Lots. I think we all had a laugh at Rosella scoring the winning penalty for <laughs> Morocco and not realizing that she'd won the game. If you haven't seen it, you should go look it up. It was very funny and very charming. And if you imagined her scoring the winning penalty in a game, it's about exactly what you imagined her doing. Yeah, and the, obviously the rest of the stadium kind of exploded because all the fans obviously realized what that penalty meant and she's mm-hmm. just that they're kind of going why is everybody why is everybody shouting and cheering that much <laughs> and then she realizes so yeah, she literally shrugs her arms I mean she's standing there in a shrug for a couple of seconds you can just see her going like what what did I do what? <laughs> <laughs> she's like I scored <laughs> but exciting yeah. I love her <laughs> I'm oh, happy yeah. for her I'm happy for her <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Well, good to see her bring back. Also, I mean, just talking about the the internationals, don't want to um, harp on too much, but Zinsberger's performance. um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, that was an evil cackle there. (laughs) I think we're with you on the evil cackle. (laughs) Um, I mean, just the, the, the Germans, I think, clearly targeted the goalkeeper in that game made the decision to be chasing her down at every possible opportunity and on, on both their goals that kind of pressure was part of the goals so it was obviously a good thing and let's hope Rianne was watching that ahead of the season oh I'm sure she was <laughs> uh right so back to Spurs and the season we've got our fixture schedule announced nice and early for a change we can all be happy about that of course we don't actually know exactly when the games are it will either be the Saturday or the Sunday depending on TV picks. And our first game may be on television because it's against Manchester United. It will be a home game. Not an easy one to get started. But then the way Man U started last season, they were quite slow out of the blocks. So how are we feeling about Man United first thing? A little terrified. (laughs) You know, we've been talking about how well, you know, their players for England have been doing at the Euros. Um, What's her name? Adriana Leone that they just signed was really tearing it up for Canada. Like I, I am definitely concerned about them this season, which kind of makes it frustrating that we didn't, you know, take advantage last year when they were not quite as strong. So (laughs) maybe they'll be tired in the first game, given they have so many players on international duty. That's kind of where I'm at. Cause otherwise I'm just like, Oh boy, I don't know. (laughs) But I think we'll be at home. That's true. There's that excitement of the start of the season where things aren't quite fixed. And on the upside, more of our players will have been training together for more of the summer. So the sense of team cohesiveness, they're working and understanding each other might be to our advantage at that point. 
and we're going on on a tour as well and I think that into when you're talking about the team cohesiveness and team mm-hmm. building that's a really positive thing for that so football aside from going to America and playing together you've got that team building aspect so you look at the men's players out in career and kind of the way that they've been bonding through that experience and I think it's a really it's a really good thing that the women are doing that that tour just from that perspective you know lock yourselves away from the rest of the world for you know the period <laughs> of the tournament and just just get to know each other and play together and 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 explore together so hopefully that will be a really positive thing as well I mean we have got a challenging if you think about our first three games and we've got a very challenging start to the season because it's we've got Manchester United at home which we could get something out of last time we drew then we've got Mm -hmm. Leicester and then after that we go to Arsenal away yeah I mean just if you if you think about last year we got that sort of feel-good factor from winning a lot of our early games so that we were relatively high in the table early on and that Mm -hmm. was partly because a lot of our worst games came quite close to the end of the season (laughs) we're going to get at least some of those tricky ones out of the way which is good and bad I think we've got a much more um, evenly kind of spaced set of games this year than we've had in the past yeah Um, definitely you know, a couple of seasons ago when we had the bad season, you know, we had an awful lot of the big teams quite early on and, you know, that really affected us, I think. So this time we've got much more kind of even setting over the season. We're saving all our big away games for the second half of the season. So uh, Rachel and I are not not having to worry until the new year about going to Liverpool and Manchester, uh, which, is, uh, which is good from my annual leave perspective after all these games in the Euros and things. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be interesting to see we're we're sticking fairly close to home first half of the season, which I think should be, you know, an advantage for us as well. Less 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 travelling, things like that. So that could help us. And it'll be uh, nice with having the new stadium, you know, building some momentum uh, around the new home ground. I think that'll be good. Be interesting to see whether we do play the first game at Brisbane Road or not. Obviously, last season, they kind of bookended the season with Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, so they might decide to do that again this season um mm-hmm. we have none, none of the kind of finer details have been confirmed of course if that does happen that means we won't actually get to play at brisbane road till october because you've got three games and then the international mm-hmm. break so that would be an interesting kind of approach to the beginning of the season i hadn't thought about that the the how big that delay would be if we played that one at the tottenham hotspur stadium and i think it's quite likely that we would given that it's Manchester United it's a sort of feels like a prestige game mm-hmm. um that people might come to I might Unless... have game I'm gonna be in town so. <laughs> there you go <laughs> but wouldn't you rather go to Brisbane Road and see this new exciting space yeah, kind of honestly I I had not considered that I kind of do want the more classic environment mm-hmm. rather than the I mean, I've been to the the stadium. I've never seen a game in it. I I don't know. I'm pretty conflicted about that one. <laughs> well, I think I mean it's interesting, isn't it? Because I mean, what what I didn't like about ending the season at the stadium at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was kind of you lost that you didn't say goodbye to everybody at the end of the season because you didn't get to see everybody in the way that you would from the knowledge. But because we haven't been to Brisbane Road yet, there isn't that kind of sense of knowledge of it. But again, that's causing some issues as well in terms of season ticket which we mentioned briefly last time as well and we're still the, the club is still finalizing those arrangements so waiting to see what happens with those but are being asked to 
make decisions about these things when you've never seen ground and all those kind of things. I think there's a lot of lot of stuff up in the air for, for the club as well, I think. Um, and there will be more comms coming uh, as we get closer to the season. We've got to remember that it's just over a month away now. So getting real. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting start with with three games, two of which are away and then a, then a break for the internationals. Uh, I was also noticing that our last game is West Ham away, <laughs> which is always a contentious fixture. So that that could be a really tough one to end on potentially. Well, hopefully it won't matter. But yeah, <laughs> what it's going to be doing in the transfer window. I haven't heard any news about West Ham other than them selling. Have they been making moves? Yeah, there's been a couple lately. I think no, nobody um, hugely exciting from my perspective. But I, you know, I, I don't pay as much attention, obviously, to them as I do to to others. But they are going to have a new manager for sure. Yeah, yeah. So they've got a new manager and a new assistant manager. I think they also locked in a few of their players who were playing really well last season. So in that sense, they haven't lost loads of players either. They think they've lost one or two, but not. Well, they've lost. Mm-hmm. They've lost Jenny Flaherty, haven't they? She's gone to Liverpool. Yeah who was kind of a leader at, at West Ham. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, we've said we, last season, there were lots of teams who just kind of didn't live up to to where they could be. So it's, and, and it does change quite a lot, you know, when you've got clubs losing half their squad uh, and, and replacing them each summer. Uh, it does change things up quite a lot every season. So be interesting I- to see where everybody starts from. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been kind of surprised by how many departures there have been from uh, Manchester City, you know, like key players too. So that's going to be really interesting to see if they make some late moves in the window. Because I I mean, they've had a few players come in, but nobody that you're like. I think there's been quite a lot of excitement about the players they have brought in. They're they're quite well-known players. I think they've been coming from abroad. So again, there might still be some actionable players who are involved in Euros and things, but they got a lot of their business done early on, I think, possibly for the same reasons. Uh, I think there's been a lot of swapping going on between Manchester and Spain. So it'll be interesting to see how how those play out. But yeah, I, I think I think Manchester City have done quite a bit of business already. So I was just remembering as well, I think West Ham have got a couple of Arsenal players who they'd had either on loan or... So they've got a few local players as well. Yeah, it's not about the individual players so much, is it? It's about how they work together. So that's going to be, you know, you can look at uh, incoming players and think, oh, this team's going to be really good. And then they end up just not working together. So it's going to be a really interesting season. And as I say, I think still quite a lot to come in the um, transfer market because the Euros kind of put pay to a lot of the stuff because one, attention's not on transfers when the, that's going on and two, players involved aren't going to be getting involved. So we still need uh, Vicky Schneider back as far as I'm aware is still not declared where she's going to be next season. She didn't mm-hmm. play in the um, Austrian quarterfinal. She was on the bench for that one, although I thought she played quite well in the previous games. I don't think any of us would have a problem with her coming back to Spurs. Yeah, I was just all. thinking about this when um, we were talking about Drew Spence and Evelina earlier. I think playing both of them in front of a back three could actually be a really good way to shore things up a bit with those two and I'd love to see Vicky back in there I thought she played really well in the game she appeared in in this tournament so I'm still holding a torch there but you know <laughs> well as I say it's still a possibility so lots of interesting good stuff coming up and uh, I think a better fixture schedule this year than we've had in the past but as I say still waiting on those first TV fixtures to be announced so we know exactly when we're playing now the other thing that we were going to talk about today is the kits We've all, we'd seen the, the new home kit, but the new away kit, as always, 
has caused controversy and there are the people <laughs> who love it and the people who hate it. I've, I've had a little bit longer to get used to it than everybody else because I was at the, the photo shoot for the, for the kit launch. So I'd seen it a while ago. So what were your reactions? So I, I woke up, I logged onto Instagram, I saw Spurs women's post about it. And I said to myself, oh my gosh, it's a beautiful kit. I love it. It's going to be so popular. What a gorgeous away kit. And then I logged onto Twitter and basically haven't seen another person saying they liked it since. Uh, so I'm convinced that I'm looking at a different kit than everyone else. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's great. I think the colors look really nice together. I think it looks cool. I would wear it as fashion. I am excited to see everyone run around in it, but uh, I get the sense. I know you said some people love it and some people hate it, but what I am seeing is that everyone hates it and that I love it. So that has been an interesting one. Yeah, I hate it. (laughs) I'm just going to say it. I hate it. I think to me, it looks like a mix of like a wetsuit you know, rash guard situation and a cycling outfit. Like it just, and and it's funny that you said, Abby, that you would wear it like as a fashion item, because to me, it looks so clearly like it's a piece of athletic wear. You know, I think I thought I'm starting to understand what's happening here. And what's happening is that I live in Colorado and that everyone (laughs) wears wetsuits and cycling wear around. Well, there you go. So so it's your natural habitat where (laughs) the way that Colorado inhabitants are as people, this makes total sense. I've been searching for the reason. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that's just what we wear here. (laughs) Yeah. So as a Londoner, I have to say we don't wear wetsuits, not walking around (laughs) the streets and yeah, for me, it is, it's absolutely a rash vest design. It's so boring and the colours aren't, they're not exciting. Like last season's Away kit was interesting. It was that marbled effect. It was different. I actually, it was one of the first kits I'd bought for ages because it was really interesting and it didn't feel like every other kit that every other team has. Right. And this one looks on the one hand, like it shouldn't be a football kit, but also I know it's really generic because you can find other teams for whom Nike have done exactly the same design. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like a cheap knockoff. You look around and kit design is getting so exciting. I was looking today at the Venezia um, <laughs> team's kits, which obviously at the like other stratospheric end of kit design. But even just you know, having the chance to look at kits in the Euros, there are so many lovely kits out there. So why this? because the Spurs home kit is white it's always boring I mean it's lovely we love it etc but it's never going to be interesting so it's always all on the away kit to give us something and this I do think the last season's away kit was as controversial I think you had the people who loved it and the people that hated it last season and I know a lot of people who wouldn't be seen dead in last season's away kit who thought it was fine for kids but it's not right for adults I think the away kit is always more controversial and I think Nike are the just, that's just how night works. They have a kit design, they change the colours around and give it to different teams. That's the way they work. And for as long as we're working with night, that's what we're going to get. I have to say, I'm coming down more on the liking the kit side the more I've seen it, yes. um, <laughs> the simplicity of it. Uh, obviously, bright yellow is a theme for us this season. I, I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter saying once they saw Ryan Sessegnon wearing it with those sunglasses in the um, in the shoot, they they changed their mind and they liked it. So I, there, people are coming around to it, I think. I, I just like think it looks so much like a training year. kit, you know? 
like it belongs on the training pitch and not in a real game. <laughs> well, on I'm with you, Caroline. I get lucky because I feel like we never wear the away kit anyway. It's always the third yeah. kit. So I feel like this is all for nothing and I'm going to probably end up buying it and then we'll wear it one time and we'll probably draw one one to like a championship side or something and it'll, you know. <laughs> So well, last year I hated the third kit last year. Cause I thought the color oh. clash was just unforgivable. <laughs> so I hated that we wore it more often than the away, which I absolutely loved. Yeah. That purple was disgusting. That was vomit. <laughs> I can't even remember what it looked like now. Purple and silver mess. Oh, that one. You may oh. want to repress it from your memory. <laughs> mm, yeah. I wasn't a fan of that one. I, I wasn't a fan of that. Yeah. Of this year, the, the leaked, third kit and the other kits that were leaked were correct is is a blue triangle pattern thing going on so again lots of people are loving that one as the more different kit so we're, we're split on the kits i think it's fair <laughs> to say. Uh, but as i said at the beginning of this the segment you either love it or you hate it so uh that's that and i think that's kind of all we we have to talk about this this pod so thank you for joining us for another one we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have we will be back the season is getting very close well just over a month ago before the women start obviously the men start before that so hopefully more transfers to talk about and fixture confirmation when it comes through abby if people want to find out more about you where can they do that uh they can find me at abby rose meow on twitter and uh, caroline where can we follow you i am at cg stefko and that's s-t-e-f-k-o i realize i've never spelled it out and some people don't spell it right so <laughs> gotta get gotta make sure they find you um yes. rachel how about you i tweet on spurs women blog lovely uh, and I'm just Sean underscore Wallace, but you can also catch me with the Proud Lily Whites and also with the Football Supporters Association. So thank you very much, everybody. And uh, we'll say goodbye. Mm-hmm.